0: Ah! <laughs>
1: 7-5 and have they won, but a late interception by the Giants will preserve a giant victory. An upset win as the Giants lead 17-12. to 12. We're inside 30 seconds. The Eagles have no timeouts. Wait a minute.
0: Here's a free fly. I don't believe it. The Eagles pick it up and Herman Edwards runs it in for a touchdown.
1: All right. If you're the toughest smartest person in any uh, particular room, you're in the wrong room. So we go part two, right? Part one. Uh, all right, if you're the toughest, smartest person in the yeah, uh YouTube room, right you're in the wrong room. So, we, we are getting plenty of people watching on, on YouTube and listening on Podbeam, which we're the number one sports betting podcast on Podbeam. Let's listen to uh, so right now, as we speak, counting last night, we're 28 and 17, 60 two percent and with plenty of bowl games to get up into the 70 percent mark which is the best you can do so we'll start uh real quick uh first thoughts so we we'll go with chad and scott as us start getting hot and heavy into these games me more insight you can get anywhere else literally am i up first yeah go go ahead chad um yeah yeah
2: so uh First off, man, what's up, guys? Good to see you guys. Chad, uh, What's up? Long, long time no see. Uh, <laughs>
1: hey, but we're yeah, friendly man, fire, right? Your work, you got to be serious. You don't know who to trust. Everybody's out to get you. We're friendly fire. We're we we're <laughs> the good side. We're, we're people on your side. <laughs>
2: no, man, I'm, I'm, I'm,
1: exci- <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, ex-
2: I'm excited about the rest of bowl season, man. It's been really good for us so far. Yeah. Um, Man, we've been watching these teams all year, you know, and I just think there's a lot of edges you can get with uh, motivation and coaches leaving and certain key players in the portal. I um, mean, you know, a lot of edges you can find in this bowl season. Um, it's a you know real kind of interesting time of year in college football, and um, I am, I'm excited to
1: get, get into the rest of these games. Right. You know, and things have changed because of the portal, right? The portal has uh, changed everything. And then uh, NIL. And then you go NIL, you go portal. They changed the signing day, which is dumb because they're throwing too many things. So they changed signing day to the middle of December, right? Signing day number one. Uh, So everything's in chaos. So you got to look at during the season, which teams have the best culture, which teams have guys that want to play kind of, you know, our type of guys, guys who want to play versus, you know, Uh, a lot of uh, prima donnas and cinderellas and prima donnas out there that you've been against in this part of the season. Uh, Scott, what are your first thoughts?
0: Yeah, the, uh, you know, doing research is awful difficult with all, a lot of these schools have had tons of opt-outs this year. Big big name opt-outs for the portal and the NFL draft, more so this year than I think in any other year. So it makes Research a little bit more difficult, but you still press through it and you do it, and, and you see trends. So, um, right, I saw a lot of trends in these games. So,
1: really, uh, people need to listen to this podcast because it's impossible to pick these games unless you do what we do, which is just bet these games every week and follow these teams. Because that's a good point, Scott. On top of guys opting out. Guys are transferring. Yeah, it never used to happen. They people used to opt out. Whatever you're going pro, and people are uh, transferring. Another thing that's happening that used to happen that happens in basketball a lot that needs to stop is guys going pros who opting out of bowl games who are might or might not be undrafted free agents which is stupid because once you're out uh you're out all right
0: yeah
1: so if if you're hoping to be an undrafted free agent and you're leaving college where you're getting free school you know and a bunch of girls in class and (laughs) and you're the starter and you're leaving to be a tackling dummy and then get cut
0: yeah (laughs) yeah
1: it's stupid. It is stupid, but they're getting wrong advice. Their cousin tells them, hey, man, you'll be undrafted free agent. Man, you get to make some money, da, da, da. And it's stupid, and they're opting the out of these bowl games, and you got to track it. And then you got to differentiate between system guys. There's a system plug-and-play. They'll plug in the next guy, and the next guy will be, you know, just as good as the guy who opted out versus, whoa, that guy really meant a lot to that team. So you have to make a decision – Uh, picking the game, what's happening with that as far as that being concerned, all right? Uh, First game we'll look at will be later on today. Florida State uh, has all their guys playing. There's a lot of Florida State people paying people off to play in this game. Uh, There's a lot of insurance policies going around. I know the Florida State quarterback has a disability policy he gets hurt in this game, he gets $2 million cash, Lloyds of London. And if he makes it through the game, Florida State made $120,000 premium payment for the Lloyds of London scholarship for uh, insurance policy. So he gets $120,000 if he makes it through the game uninjured. If he gets hurt during the game, he gets $2 million. That's the Florida State quarterback. So when they say Bryce Young is playing, they say, uh, you know, Anderson's played for Alabama. They have similar uh, Lloyds of London and now some other insurance companies are getting into it. Hey, I'm an insurance broker, right? And we'll get Chad to get his license. It's <laughs> got to get his license. It. And next year we'll have some players. We'll make some commission. The commission you make is um, 50% of the premium. So whoever did that, uh, insurance policy got like sixty thousand dollars in commission so hey why not us make that commission <laughs> but I digress I like I like Florida State minus the nine points against Oklahoma Oklahoma wasn't good to begin with they had a lot of players opt out, a lot of players trying to get out of there uh, they're just trying to make it into a score fest like fest. I see this game being kind of like 50 to 30. Uh, Brent Venables is in transition. So he has signing day. He has the portal to deal with, guys coming in and out. He has NIL to deal with. So the bowl game is like the last priority, you know, for him. He beat Texas this year. That's all he has to do. Florida State beat LSU. This is a big game for the Florida State coach. He has to win this game. So I like... Uh, Florida State minus the nine, and over the sixty-five. We'll go, with Chad and Scott. What do you guys think? Yeah, no,
2: you know, I, I, I hear I like Florida State here a lot. I do think ten is, you know, it's you know Taylor Gabriel, um, you know, I, I he's he's playing
1: right. He's not opted out. He he to you will know, he might he'll he'll
2: play as much as he can, but he's he's been hurt. Yeah. I mean it's really gonna be up to how well he plays. You know, that we saw that back up against Texas this year in that game. You know, they don't really have much behind him. Um, you know, and that as much as Venables is a defensive guy, man, that defense has not looked um very good all year. So yeah, I mean, w- with what this means to uh to Florida State. You know, I, I think, you know, get them under that key number of 10. Um, you know, Florida State should be able to handle them here. And, yeah, I see a lot of scoring from both sides. You know, I do think Oklahoma should be able to, you know, do enough offensively uh, to get this game to go over. But um, before they should, you know, gash them. So I, I, I'm, I'm with you.
1: Yeah. What do you think, Scott?
0: Yeah, I'm with you 100%. Too many opt-outs in Oklahoma. They really don't want – probably more likely don't want to be there playing in the game with all these opt-outs. They're going to have their first losing season since 1998. You know, they're against the spread. They're terrible. Uh, Florida State's really good against the spread. Um, Florida State defensively is really, really good in in some tough games. They've showed up defensively. So I like Florida State a lot in this game. I just think they're the team that wants to be there, wants to play, wants to win the bowl game, wants to wants to do everything they possibly can to, to secure a, a a really, really good season and a bowl win, and that'll attract and recruiting kids coming to Florida State besides the money. So, I like Mike Norvell this year. I think he's done an outstanding job with Florida State. So, I would take Florida State in a, in a high scoring, but probably fourteen to twenty one point win. I think.
1: Hundred percent, hundred percent. Let's try to get eighty uh, percent for bowl season. A really exciting team, surprise team this year, who covered for Chad and I the whole season long and covered as far as the overs concerned are your Washington Huskies from the Pac-12. Uh, Chad's brother went against them. Uh, I like them plus three. Uh, I like what they're saying. Uh, Sarkeesian's a horrible coach against even talent. Both offenses, coaches going against each other. They've hit the over, so it's not—it's not the house's money; it's our money. Give me your Washington Huskies plus three over sixty-six. What do you think, uh, Chad?
2: Yeah, man, I. Washington's at full strength here in this game. I you know, I, I love Washington in this spot, man. I'm I'm thinking about um, you know, Washington money line. I love a plus three and a half. I'm gonna screw oh, yeah. that money line. Yeah, uh, yeah, we got know, money line, too.
1: I love that money line. The plus one thirty Yeah, plus one thirty. So I mean
2: I, I, I think Washington can win this game. They're full strength. Uh, I think they got, you know, the better quarterback here. Um, you know, Texas might have a little bit better defense. Um, you know, but I think Washington can, can cannot win this one in a shootout-style game. So, yeah, I like,
1: I like Washington to win in a shootout. Big time. Big time. Yes, yeah, sir. Big, You're out uh, how to score. What do you think, Scott?
0: The big thing for me is, again, the opt-outs. Bijan Robinson's not playing for Texas. That's a huge, huge blow to, to any chance they have to win this game. I haven't seen a ton of Washington. I've seen some clips on him. They're very high scoring, 9 3 1 in their last 13 against the spread. Washington's going to win this game outright. Texas just, Sarkeesian does not impress me as a coach at all. I don't like how he prepares his teams. I don't like how he gets them going. And again, all these opt outs for Texas is, is a huge deal for them, especially Robinson, their running back. That's where his offense starts, Sarkeesian, right. with Robinson. So without him there, it's going to be too tough for them. I, I think Washington is going to, is going to, Run away with this game and, and just hide on Texas. So, no, 100%. 100%. Uh,
1: and that's December 29th. And kind of a big thing about this with NFL going on with college, it's being organized <laughs> and days run into each other, Christmas, it's always crazy holiday period. So, that's Thursday, December 29th, right? So, Friday, December 30th. Uh, First game is I got UCLA minus five over 53. Uh, And I try to ask Max Brown because Max Brown played for Narduzzi. He loves Narduzzi. I guess I got to look at body language because everybody else hates Narduzzi and gets out of there. Every single coordinator, every single player, they do all they can to get out of Pittsburgh. And I think in a transition Situation like this is going to be the same thing that happened last year where that deuces loses the bowl game. It's going to be exciting. Has a lot of people. But Tripp uh, Kelly, this is the best team he's had at UCLA. He's got to make it happen. Uh, all Nobody opted out from UCLA. Everybody's playing. Uh, so I like UCLA to be a depleted, opted out, chaotic uh, Pittsburgh team. And then when you go to a bowl game, motivation is big time. One of the most depressing cities I've ever been to. I don't know if Chad or Scott, have any of you guys been to El Paso, Texas? (laughs) Just driving in there and you see these pretty hills with nasty trailers on them. You're like, God, that's a nice hill. Why don't you take down that trailer and put a nice house on there? (laughs) It's just a very, very depressing place to play. And there's always been problems in bowl games there. So UCLA has that big time motivation. Uh, to play there and, and NIL money, UCLA players, the, the backup at UCLA making more NIL money than the starter. He's making $2 million doing commercial. The backup, who doesn't even, Felton. Felton's the third string. Uh, Garber's, his brother's in the NFL, second string. Thompson is first string. Uh, Felton making $2 million NIL, third string guy. So there's incentive for the UCLA guys, even if they're backup. To play well in this game, kind of show out and market yourself. So give me UCLA uh, minus five over fifty three. We'll go with Chad and uh, Scott.
2: Yeah, um, you know I, I I like UCLA here a lot. Um, you know line is up to like seven and a half now. Oh, you know, lucky I
1: got it at five, yeah. You know, try to get UCLA
2: under that touchdown or right at that seven. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think UCLA could can you know definitely get a win here I think the motivation for sure is there more people playing Pitts, more affected by opt-outs here no doubt um, yeah. and then yeah I mean UCLA Chip Kelly's been an over machine yeah um, and the UCLA defense has hasn't really stopped anyone they've always given up points and you know Pitt's still I mean gonna have some linemen and should be able to run the ball got a couple guys they should be able to do enough to get this game to go over um, on their part you know so you know I like um, you know, I like you said, it
1: a 38 21 type game, 38 24.
0: So I'm, I'm with you. All right. Uh, next seat will be NC. Uh, go ahead, Scott. Oh, I agree 100%. The, the one thing that you didn't mention that's a that's a big check mark against Pitt was yeah. Mock Whipple was their offensive coordinator, and they were scoring 40 points. Him and Naduzi butted head to head, and he left. And now they're right. averaging right around 30. So I know Pickett was there last year. I know they won the ACC championship. I know all that stuff, but the offensive coordinator is gone, and when that happens, is there's a a period of adjustment for any team. Right. I right. think along with the opt outs, I think the Mark Whipple uh, gone is also another big check mark against Pitt in this game. Um, their only Pitt's only path to win is they got to run the ball and they got to run it effectively. If they can't run it effectively. UCLA is gonna gonna win by at least 14 points. So I love UCLA even with the seven without the seven and a half. And I like it to creep just over. I agree with Chad, 38, 21, something like that. So
1: yeah, no, I think Chip Kelly, you gotta look at it, but Chip Kelly, I remember him being over every game, but I bet him over right from the get-go, right? Right but the line came down. UCLA over Chip Kelly. Uh, a game that you got to think it's going to be under 52 points. It's Notre Dame versus South Carolina. Uh, South Carolina uh, had a big win late in the season. They were up and down. You could tell the games they targeted because they, they, they were looked awful in games that you thought maybe they had a chance. But games they targeted, like Clemson, uh, they won easily. Uh, Tennessee, a game they targeted, they, they, they covered. Uh, Notre Dame has had some bad losses. They lost to Marshall. So that means, you know, Marshall's roster, just as good as Notre Dame's, right, on any given day. Uh, USC blew them out. They were never in that USC game. Uh, And they lost a couple other times. Lost to Stanford, one of the worst teams in the Pac-12. So South Carolina has a lot of momentum going into this game. I think they have better players. And Coach Al Golden, right? Former Scott, former New England Patriot Al Golden. That was on that famous nineteen ninety two New England team that won one in fifteen. So look for South Carolina to win. I like him on the money line one thirty seven. You can go minus two. It depends what you get. I would go under fifty two, but I got him over fifty. Uh what do you think? We'll go Scott in the chat.
0: I'm gonna disagree. I think Notre Dame's gonna win this game. <clears throat> and I think they're gonna win the game by running the football and running it a lot. Um the Notre Dame tight end has opted out. He's another opt out. You're gonna that's they're gonna be the the theme of this part pod, uh, podcast is opt-outs. Right.
1: But, that, that tight end is uh from a high school uh Jay Sarah chat. Yep.
0: And Jay oh, okay. Sarah,
1: the last two tight ends have gone to Notre Dame. It's almost like the parents are breeding these kids because they all know each other. And they're all training these kids to be tight end. Another part of that little mafia, there used to be the Orange County quarterback mafia. You know, they had, you know, Leonard, and they came out with, you know, Barkley. And all these families knew each other. All these families knows each other's tight ends. And the other tight end they bred, I call them breeding, is Brock Bowers from Georgia. He's from that California kind of mafia, St. Clemente, Sam Darnold planned down there, South Orange County. Yeah. So like I, Notre Dame's part of that.
0: I, I just think Notre Dame's going to be able to run the ball. South Carolina gives up almost 200 yards a game rushing right. on the ground. So I'm even taking South Carolina's team total of 25 and a half under. I don't think South Carolina's going to be able to do enough. I think Notre Dame's on a roll right now. I think they're playing their best football at this time of year. So I, I like Notre Dame a lot in this game. And I like the game to go over because I think Notre Dame is going to be able to score rushing right. the football. So I, I look at this as like a 31 to 20, 34 to 20 type of game with uh, Notre Dame pulling it out. So that's where I'm at. With this game. Nice. Nice. I can,
1: I can see, I got it over 50. So I can see it over 50. That's what I bet it. Yeah. yeah. Right. So we can agree on yeah. that. Break the tie. No, man. yeah.
2: I'm, uh, I, I like South Carolina, Josh. I'm with you. I, I think that, uh, you know, they coming off beating Tennessee and Clemson. Um, I think they're ready to go. Getting three and a half, right, you know, getting them at three and a half, four. Um, you know, getting get plus three and a half, plus four with the team, I think, can win the game. I, I, I like South Carolina a lot here. Um, you know, I think Notre Dame will have some success running the ball. I do think so, and I, I agree with Scott. I do think it goes over for sure, the 50.
1: Um, the you know, two I'm, problems I have with Notre Dame, too, is that the quarterback that started the season and got hurt, he didn't play the rest of the season, he started in the bowl game. so It's almost like you're conceding a couple of series as he kind of warms up. And then the other part of it is, like you said, Tennessee and Clemson, I feel, have better rosters than Notre Dame. It's you not
2: know,
1: you know, a bit. bit
2: got to compare the quarterbacks. I mean, right now, Spencer Rattler is, you know, you're, you know, it's the better quarterback for, you know, and you're getting points.
1: And I don't know what's going on with Spencer Rattler. Uh, he's playing in it, in it. Is it to up his draft status or is he coming back next year? I haven't read enough to, on him to figure it out, but he is playing in this game. Uh, he said it was for the coaches, but you can never believe anything these guys say, uh, you know. Leave half of what you see and none of what you hear, right? Uh, another game tomorrow. One of Chad's favorite teams, the Ohio Bobcats, <laughs> the Mid American. Uh, they are one and a half point favorites against another one of Chad's favorite teams, the Wyoming Cowboys. Great coach, man. They should not be in a bowl game this year. Great coaching got them there. There's zero talent on Wyoming, he gets the most of his talent Uh, because all of the coaches have been at Ohio for 20 years. They have great continuity in that staff. Uh, They have a lot of pride. Uh, I like Ohio money line minus 125 to be a crazy game. And I like it over 41 because I think one of the edges that have given us profit so far is that Vegas is Basing the line so far as so you see on what's going on during the season, not what's going to happen during bowl season. You got extra practices, extra times to put in trick plays. Offensive coaches can put in the whole board of what they've done all year. So I like this to go over the 41 points. I like 41. I think it's strategic, right? Under that key number. I like Ohio money line over 41. What do you think? What was Chad? Then Scott. Man, Rourke, I believe,
2: is out, the quarterback for Ohio. Um, you know, he Dude. got hurt in that Bowling Green game, and, you know, they, they back lost back. to Toledo. So, I think this game is going under 41-and-a-half because okay. Wyoming's got a good defense and a shitty offense. <laughs> Ohio, quarterback, what I saw from the backup in the MAC championship against Toledo was god-awful but. Um. so uh, I'm really go- – I-, I like Wyoming getting plus three here, um, mm. oh, you know, under the 41-and-a-half. I think they can kind of control this game. They like to put it on their defense. I think they can run the ball methodically, you know, and just kind of play a, – a, a, they know they can win a 10-to-3 game here. Um, with that defense they got at Wyoming and what Ohio showed in that Max championship with no roar – um, you know, I, I, I like, I like Wyoming getting through, you know, three points here
1: and I like it under the 41 and a half. That's why collaboration is so important too. That's another reason we have a, such a high percentage because you talked me out of it. I, I agree with all that logic. I think I forgot how bad that guy was against Toledo. He barely could drop back. So against a good coach in a bowl game situation like Wyoming, this is a big game for Wyoming. They don't know. Next bowl game, they're going to be in. Uh, so, this is a big game for them to win, a big game for Mountain West to win. What do you think, Scott?
0: Yeah, as Chad was said, that Rook did tear his ACL and meniscus, so he's done. He's not playing. Wow. Um, so, I would definitely go at Wyoming. I, I don't like Ohio at all in this situation. Starting quarterback gets hurt late in the year. You're looking, you know, you back quarterback, you're looking for ways to make it easier on him. I think Wyoming's just going to pressure the quarterback like crazy. I I don't think this quarterback stands a chance for Ohio. So I would definitely take Wyoming, and I would definitely go the under in this. I don't think it's going to be a high-scoring game at all. Both teams' defenses are pretty good. They don't score. They don't allow uh, touchdowns. And uh, Wyoming only has to put up, I'd say, 13 for them to win the game. So I like Wyoming in this situation to win the game. All right.
1: So the unanimous pick is going to be Wyoming – on the money line, plus 105. So Vegas kind of agrees with us Miami making a 105. Uh, when it's plus 250, Vegas thinks you're crazy. Under 250, that's what Vegas is betting, right? They're, they're, they're catching in on people who are just going to go to the casino, see who the favorite is, and just bet the favorite and the over, right? So this is a classic game, kind of out of the radar game. Vegas makes a lot of money, but not off us. <laughs> We're going the other way, going under 41, Wyoming plus three. All right. Man, the magic happens on the podcast. We made that money switching that pick because, you know, my thinking was bad concerning that game. I had forgotten how bad the backup was. I thought the backup was a little better than what he ended up being. He barely can run either. He didn't have any speed. Yeah, and if, if Rourke was playing, this game's Ohio all day. And the right. Overson. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah, Vegas, Vegas hasn't adjusted to the bowl game. They're so just going off, maybe analytics, the old numbers. Uh, a guy who wins every single bowl game, has won me every money every year. Bill Belichick guy uh, always has at least one or two offensive linemen in the NFL draft. It'll be your Iowa Hawkeyes. It's big. This is always, bowl games is a big situation for Iowa because the weather's so nasty in Iowa. Fans are desperate to leave the state to go somewhere warm. <laughs> uh, the over under 30 in this. I know it's bad. I was gonna throw their whole offense into this. I know they're they're gonna revamp their offense a little bit, but they're gonna throw their whole kitchen sink into this because that's what the man does every year. current friends. Uh so give me Iowa Hawkeyes, right? That that game's gonna be on. December the 30, let me make sure. I think it's December the 31st, the Music City Bowl, good old Nashville, Tennessee, great tourist town, the Grand Ole Opry, great country music against a Kentucky team that's really in transition. It's funny because this is Stoops' family who made a lot of money with Oklahoma. It's the same football mafia that they, all these guys are in, that Brett Benevolts is in. They're in the same situation. They're in flux, right? Their coordinator is the Rams' offensive coordinator, right, who's going to be come back to Kentucky next year for $2 million. Uh, they really have no players, no coaches. Uh, their running back reminds me of uh, Rodriguez, right, the serial killer who, for the Patriots. Uh, he 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 got off an attempted murder charge. He gets busted for DUI. He's the best running back out of Kentucky. So – I I don't see this happening. I like Iowa minus the 2 points over 30 points Kentucky. We go Scott and Chad.
0: Nothing says under like Iowa Kentucky. Mike Scoop <laughs> and Kirk Ferentz. We said this last right. night. Right. Be, Kentucky is 11 and 1 to the under this year. Right. I remember Chad on a right before an NFL podcast saying that Iowa was under every game, and it wasn't even close.
1: <laughs> it, was. it was. Kirk
0: Kirk Ferentz loves to run the football and play defense, that's and that's it. exactly what he's doing in this game. Even though the over under is thirty, and people think I'm crazy, I'm taking the under in this game.
1: Right. I think
0: this is going to be seventeen to ten Iowa. I just think both these teams are going to run the ball. They're going to play defense, pressure the quarterback. Both teams are against the spread of a pre, pretty good. They're seven and four
2: Right.
0: Um, rents in the bowl games, 11, six and one against the spread. Mike Stoops, three, two and one, but the 11 and one on the unders from Kentucky swayed me big time to go under in this game. And the fact that Iowa is just going to run the ball and play defense. So I, I'm picking Iowa and I'm going under 30. I just think this is going to be. This may not even hit 25, to be honest with you, so.
1: Uh, under 30. What do you think, Chad? Break the tie. What, what's
2: the – I was having bad service. You guys are split on the side or the total?
1: The, the side we're picking Iowa, right? Yep. The total is 30 points. I think it's going to go over because they're going to try some special teams. And that South Carolina game. Remember, Beamer ball. You got it. Watch out for special teams. Yep, yep. Uh, This game is going to be special teams too, because they like you know, one and eleven towards the under, or eleven and one under, whichever way you want to say it. Both teams know they're going to have to try some special teams or yeah. trick plays. To uh, score. I, I think that's what, I,
2: what. where is this game? What's weather like here? Weather's not an issue here, right? No, it's Nashville.
1: I can watch it off this, while
2: you guys this, are talking.
0: Fifty-seven Nashville, degrees. Nashville could be cold.
2: That's um, be good, but yeah, like you know, I, I think this, this number is just a little crazy low. Um, You know, something that, that really sways me here is, right, Iowa, the head coach of Iowa, right? his son is the offensive coordinator. Right. Um, in, in order for his son to keep his job and for him to coach with his son, they need right. to score points. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, so, you know, it's a lot better to keep your son if you can score 20, 28 points than, you know,
1: winning a 10-3 to 3 game. That's why everyone's like, gosh, we can't score nothing. So, right. right, I'm spending five thousand dollars to go on vacation. I'm on Southwest, the flight gets delayed, and I get to the bowl game, and you guys can only score three points. Come on, you gotta fire yeah. your son.
2: Yeah, <laughs> get right? your son out of there. <laughs>
1: exactly. So,
2: I think that dynamic, you know, kind of it, when it's they'll try to score that late point or late touchdown, you know, and, and, um, right. and I think that, you know, that, that mentality there, you know, kind of goes in line with the over, with the number being so low.
1: So I'm going go, I'm going go, I'm going over. All right. So the consensus pick on the college is going to be over uh, that Iowa game. It's going to be very uh, interesting, very interesting. So that'll be the consensus pick, but duly noted, we'll make a notation, <laughs> a memo. A dissent memo (laughs) for Ruth Bader Ginsburg on the college podcast. But this is a lot of fun. We're going to have fun. This is the difference, right? A lot of people that have the percentages we do are alone in a basement with a bottle of whiskey watching these games, throwing stuff at the TV. We're laughing. We're having a good time and making money at the same time. Uh, got, Alabama minus five Kansas State. I got I got five
2: more minutes, Josh. So let's try to knock out another two games or something.
1: Yeah, yeah, we're doing fast. Okay, <laughs> yeah, we'll do Alabama minus five Kansas State, and the total in that game is fifty-six. What do you think, Chat and Scott?
2: Man, I'm gonna, I want to hear you guys. Go ahead, Scott. You can go first.
0: So I think Kansas State gives Alabama some problems here. I think Kansas state does defensively some things that is going to, are going to cause concern for Bill O'Brien and Nick Satan. Um, right. You know, Alabama's 94th in turnover margin in the country. Kansas state's fourth best in turnover margin. So they can grab turn. They can get turnovers. Kansas state's three and one against the top 25, five and one against the spread in the last six neutral site games. Yeah. I just like Kansas state tied for top 10 and DVOA on defense. So I like Kansas State a lot here. I think Kansas State is that sneaky team that in bowl season, nobody expects to beat the high and mighty Alabama. i am picking Kansas State on the money line in this game. I think Kansas State's going to beat Alabama. And I'm going under the total because I think yeah. Kansas State's defense is going to cause some major problems for Alabama in this game. Plus, Alabama has never been in, you know, it's been a while since they have not played in the college football playoff. So, that might be a little system shock at the beginning that they're not playing to go to the championship game. So, give me Kansas State on the money line plus the points and give me the under in this. like the under. Yeah, I I, like the under. I I agree with
1: everything Scott says except the under. I think it's going – this is going to be like a TCU game. Again, it's going to be in the 60s. Uh, Just because – uh, Alabama's offensive line is a ton and a half. And KK State's defensive line is light, light, quick guys. So they'll get this kind of one or two stops to do what Scott's saying, win the game, cover the five. But it's just too much firepower in them running game to keep it under 60 points. Kansas State knows they need to score. Look for a trick play, look for special teams play. And then Chris Kleiman, <laughs> great strategist. He won what? Uh, four straight national titles in North Dakota State. So those North Dakota State SCS guys know how to strategize for games. So he, he's going to beat Pete Golden sucks the the defensive coordinator. So I'll give you that. He's going to outcoach Pete Golden. Bill O'Brien's already designing the Patriots offense for next year. <laughs> he's, he's out of Alabama. He's tired of people coming around his house, threatening they're going to burn his house down. Because he sucks as a coordinator. He's just friends with Bill Belichick. So, what do you think, Chad? Joe, you going to break the tie on the uh, total. Man, uh, I'm kind of
2: split Chad. right now on the total, guys. I love Kansas State, though, plus the seven. Um, I mean, I'm definitely going to sprinkle the money line. Um, man, I, I, I keep going back and forth, and then hearing both of you guys split, I'm still back and forth. So, <laughs> I'm going to have to. I'm gonna to have to deliberate here, and and this is a what what day is this game? Saturday? Yeah, the thirty-first. Yeah. Yep. Oh yeah, I'll I'll, I'll send you I'll, I'll get you a pick here uh, for for that one here by the end
1: of the day tomorrow, so you can post
2: by Saturday.
1: Yeah, right, no problem at all. And if you want, we could do like a mini five ten thing with all the games because we'll go. The big games are coming on now, right? So the big games. Well, actually, I'll go Tennessee minus five. I like Tennessee a lot in this game, uh, and it's hard for me to do that, right, because Coach Heupel, coach for you, can't finish. But I like uh, Coach Hypo in this situation. Uh, Clemson has lost all their games this year against comparable talent. Uh, and I love Dabo. I think Dabo should finally either do two things, uh, either go – be the Alabama coach, or retire from Clemson and go into the ministry because he wants to be a pastor. And he'll be a great pastor because he didn't have a dad. He bad background, grew up poor. His mother lived with him in the dorm in Alabama when he walked onto Alabama and begged to be on the team. Didn't get a scholarship to his senior year. Great story. He should become a minister. And he says NIL to him is Jesus, right? He want the program is going to be built on the name. Likeness of Jesus, great. So none of the players are getting paid, so he has less talent, especially for this bowl game. Uh, so look for Tennessee. Tennessee believes in NIL. Uh, they're minus. They're plus six now, and it's it should be a shootout, right? It's going to be like the Clemson South Carolina game, which Clemson lost. Uh, Tennessee lost to South Carolina too, but I think Tennessee. Uh, we'll be able to score enough points to cover the six points and be over the sixty-three. We'll go, with Chad and Scott.
2: Yeah, man, I'm I'm with you. I I like I like think Tennessee wins this game. Um, I love them. Plus the six uh, sprinkle that money line, and yeah, I mean I, I think this is going to be a shootout. You know, no DJ Ugaldele for Clemson is going to be the backup. Um, right. And they had the offense going better throughout the year. They scored a lot of more points with him out there. A little bit right. more accurate of a passer. Um, not so much a thrower. So, you know, I I, I like – I think both teams are offensively will get it going, and this one will definitely uh, get over. So, I'm with you. But I, I got to hop off, guys. I'll, All I'll right, Chad. We'll
0: All talk, Chad.
2: I'll talk later about the rest of these games. All right, man. Thank All you, right. Chad. Take care. All right.
0: So, so, I'm in agreement with you guys. I, I think new quarterback, backup quarterback comes in, plays very well in the championship, ACC championship game. I still think there's an adjustment period in this. Where ten, Tennessee and Hooker got injured a little bit ago, they've adjusted to the new quarterback. They've built their offense around what the, what this kid in Tennessee could do. I love Tennessee in this game, and I love the over. I think Tennessee and Clemson are both going to have to score um, a lot of points. Both coaches know it, so I think the game plan is just going to be go out there, score points any way you possibly can, and that leads me to Tennessee winning the game, and it's going over. Okay. So,
1: Tennessee, going over, unanimous pick, unanimous pick. Uh, So that's December 31st. So we'll stick on December 31st because that day, you know, we talked about this before, everything gets messed up, right? Mm -hmm. The more uh, it started off good with January 1st being all the really good games, and you had fun just betting all those games on January 1st. You know, it goes from Martin Luther King – Jesse Jackson to Al Sharpton, right? Uh it it, things keep getting, you know, they degrade once you get from the center. In the big games, used to be January 1st. You went out, you party the night before, you come home, get a few hours' sleep. You wake up, watch the Rose Bowl parade, and you start drinking again to get your energy back as you watch all these games. You bet all these games, and I'm usually five and one. On January 1st. So they messed that up, right? Yeah, they did. So on December 31st, we're going to have a playoff game, right? Are we? we yeah, yeah. Sure. yeah. yeah. So Alabama is going to be the Sugar Bowl. That's going to be at noon. Big game. Great game. Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. Feel bad because at the same time, i are going to have the, the three TV offense going. Right? <laughs> the, you, three TV offense started with uh, – New Year's Day, and the NCAA tournament. Uh, So, yeah. So, Iowa-Kentucky is going to be good. Uh, The other one is going to be one semifinal, the 31st. Let's see here. um, Tennessee-Clemson is going to be December 30th, which is tomorrow. Yep. So, one playoff game is going to be Can These Dogs Hunt. And against Ohio State. Now, I think, let me know if you think I'm right, Scott. Okay. I think for guys like us who know how to, when to add emotion to something, when to take it out, this is candy to us because people are watching ESVN. They're, you know, billionaire, used to be a millionaire, now things have changed. Billionaire Ohio alumni who are just betting. Ohio State blindly in this game. And you're going to have Georgia people betting blindly. And then you have emotional Ohio State people thinking things too hard. Mm -hmm. Saying that unless Ryan Day, who's won 90% of his games, wins this game, he should be fired. How can you fire a guy who's winning you 90% of your game? And what you've you've coached for 30 years, Scott. You know that what a good coach does It's not when the games against the, you know, title teams. It's when 100% against the teams they should be. Teams that have a talent advantage or equal talent. Not games where you're the huge underdog. Your record in those games. No. A good coach, a loose coach that's in below games against teams that that, that have better talent and equal talent. So he's (laughs) a great coach. He should not be fired for losing to an NFL team like Georgia or Alabama or Michigan's an NFL team as well.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, so people are reacting to this. Start at six and a half. Some places are at eight. The defensive coordinator for Ohio State makes $2 million a year. Oh, he gave up all these points in Michigan. The, the hardball mafia family, the hardballs have been in football for years. The man has been in the Super Bowl. His brother won a Super Bowl. They have all kinds of connections. The fact that he gave up points to these people doesn't mean anything. Georgia has two fish to fry. And really, Georgia, this is a developmental year for Georgia. They lucked out with a soft schedule. They did not play Alabama. All right? They do get primo talent. uh, But I don't think they they faced an offense as good as, as Tennessee. Remember, Tennessee's quarterback got hurt in that game. Right. So yep. they haven't yep. faced an offense as good as Ohio State. Right. Right.
0: right. Agreed. 60,
1: yeah. 62 points. Uh, both coaches know after a layoff, they need to get this game. It's sort of a sure, sure but I think it's going to be a defensive thing because uh Bill Belichick and Kirby Smart. Right. Yeah. Yep. And Nick Satan's involved in this. He, uh, Kirby Smart won five national titles with. Kirby Smart with uh, Nick Satan. and was, he was in, you know, two big things before this guy goes, Will Muschamp. Will Muschamp is the X's and O's defensive coordinator for Georgia. means he doesn't go on recruiting trips unless he has to. He goes on Mm -hmm. one or two recruiting trips a year. The co-defensive coordinator, like Dan Lanning, you know, he's the recruiter. He's on the road every day. He's on the phone eight hours a day. He's watching films eight hours a day, right? judging talent for recruiting from Georgia. So that's their two defensive coordinators. They have a recruiting defensive coordinator, so they'll get fooled by mm-hmm. the co-defensive mm-hmm. coordinator stuff mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. what they do on game day. Yeah. Because on game day, Will Muschamp, which won, have won national titles, and was on that Nick Satan staff in Miami, the Miami Dolphins. Mm-hmm. They followed them to Alabama they went on. The- so Will Muschamp's a defensive coordinator, coached Florida coach at South Carolina, his problem isn't X as an O. His problem is that he's like Kirby Smart, too. He's a Mensa guy. You, not, not everybody can get into Mensa. You have to be super smart to be in Mensa. He's in Mensa, Will Mosham. He's very awkward, smart guy. But they call him Coach Boom, right? And the reason they call him Coach Boom is that he goes berserk when somebody makes the same mistake twice, and he's like a rock band, a, a punk rock band in the '70s that used to destroy the hotel room, they clear any objects or anything when he's in practice because he will throw a helmet at your head, <laughs> right? and he will body slam you. He's a big guy, so that's why they call him Coach Boom. That's why he got fired in Florida. That's why he got fired in South Carolina, because once the athletic director sees that, he's like, "Oh, this guy's out of here. This guy's berserk." At Georgia, all they care is that you win a national title, you're fine. You can do whatever you want. (laughs) All right? So, I, man, I talked myself into the under in this. Under 62, uh, Ohio State plus eight points. (laughs) If you can get them at that, I think it's going to balloon. That's why it's candy for uh, Scott and I, because this line might balloon to eight or nine points as people flock into Foxwoods, People flocking to New Hampshire. People flocking to the new sports books over there in Boston and bet Georgia. Bet Georgia. Georgia might win the game. Hopefully, Ryan Day doesn't get fired. If he gets, if, if this game to blow out, blowout, uh, Ryan Day is going to be fired, which is ridiculous, winning 90% of the game. So what do you think,
0: Scott? I agree with you. I mean, I, w- I wouldn't dare pick Ohio State to win the game because I don't think they're going to. But plus eight? Right. Give me Ohio State all day long, okay. Second thing is, is I just look at Georgia's schedule. The only there's only been three times Georgia and an opponent have gone over sixty points this year in a game. Right. One was against LSU, and then the other two were, were much earlier in the year, I believe. So that sixty-two points is a lot of points, especially for a Georgia game. I know Ohio State averages forty-five points a game second in the nation in scoring all this other stuff i don't think they've played a defense like georgia this yeah. year no i michigan's not defensively anywhere near what georgia can be um you know other teams in the big 10 are not like that so i think both teams have not seen georgia's not seen an offense like ohio state ohio state's not seen a defense like georgia so i think that's going to bring the scoring down um, a bit so I like Ohio State plus the eight points. I think this is more like a, a three- to five-point uh, game, to be it's honest. It's a
1: championship game. It's going to
0: yeah. be yeah. a legit yeah.
1: championship game between two coaching staffs north of $20 million each. Ryan Day is coached in the NFL. Uh, Monken, Todd Monken, uh, he was the offensive coordinator for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for a couple yeah. of years. Yeah. He's been a head coach at college. Yep. Yeah. He's your offensive coordinator for Georgia. What they want to do is control the game, right? Especially in this situation. And another reason before we go to the next game before about what I like about Ohio State is that what what is the deep Georgia is going to give you the deep ball? And CJ Stroud in that Ohio State offensive line can deliver at least one or two shots with Marvin Harrison Jr.
0: Yeah, and I think when you look at Ohio State's losses in the Ryan Day era, you're going to see Michigan. You're right. going to see Alabama. You're going to see schools of upper echelon. Georgia probably right. added to that. So there's no way Ryan Day job should yeah. even be talked about if they lose in this game. <laughs>
1: right. So yep. Insanity. Uh, yep. Uh you know, and Urban Meyer has a lot to do with this, but I don't think Urban Meyer—that's his hand-picked guy. Yeah, and Urban Meyer is going to be—he's uh, going to have his hand in the game plan that he always yep. has. Yep, and plays going you know, to out there going to be Urban Meyer.
0: Certainly. Uh,
1: so that's Ohio State, Georgia, TCU against Michigan. I see this as another under game. I hate to say it, but usually one game's close and the other game's a blow off. Right. So here I see your blow off. I think Cinderella, uh, the Mustard's going to be off the Hot Dogs. It's going to be midnight for Cinderella. And I like Michigan minus the seven. And what you do against the air raid is you rush free and you drop eight, a lot of zone, keep the game scored low so I like it under the the 59 so give me Michigan minus 7 under 59
0: I'm gonna I'm gonna add another bet into this too at the end okay so when you look at these teams the one thing that stuck out the two things that stuck out to me the most was Michigan is the second highest scoring team in the country in the second half of games. TCU is the seventh highest scoring team in the second half of games, which means that both teams make really good adjustments at halftime based on what they see in the first half, which is key in one of these types of games. I agree with you. I like Michigan in a blowout in this game, and I like DeAndre. But the the, the next thing I'm going to add is the first half under total. Nice. I'm going to do that too. I think both teams are going to start very slow. And that's going to lead to the game going under. I just think that, you know, TCU is top five in explosive plays. TCU, you know, rates top 10 in yards per play. One thing, that's the advantage to Michigan. Jim Harbaugh has seen all this stuff in the NFL and college at Michigan. He knows how to defend this stuff really well. And do not sleep on that fact that Jim Harbaugh has seen it in the NFL. I think right. he, he will shut TCU down. I think, the, as you said, the Cinderella slipper will come off of TCU. I think TCU's going to be happy to be there. And Michigan's going to look at this as we're going there to win this game. It's almost like a business trip for them. Right. In that case, I think Michigan wins the game pretty handily. I see like a 38 to 10 type of game, 38 to 14 and I agree with you, one of these two games is a blowout, and this is it. So. Right. Big time, big time. Uh, because Those are the two big games, so uh,
1: that's why organization is so big, right, and that's going to be on the 31st. Mm-hmm. But then we move to January the 2nd, and at first I thought this one thing, but I don't know. Let me know what you think. Michael Leach dying. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, is that going to help Mississippi State in this game against Billma? Bilamah is a, a Belichick guy. Uh, he, he can run the football down their throat. Oh. Mike Leach called all the plays. I think that's the problem with uh, – I, I used to say at my restaurant, people at the restaurant are like, oh, why do I have to learn this? Oh, why Why am – I'm just working at this restaurant and like three people That worked at my restaurant now have successful restaurants. Because I was like, hey, when you run a business, if I get shot in the head, business, if you're doing it legit and you really want your business to be really good, the restaurant was my baby and I wanted it to be legit in every way. If I get shot in the head, the restaurant moves on, right? So I haven't had a restaurant for 15 years. But people that worked at my restaurant now own restaurants. Because I taught them every single thing they needed to know about the restaurant business. Andy Reid does that as a head coach at Kansas City. That's why you have 10 other guys that head coaches that used to work for him. Because he teaches them everything. Everything you need to know to be a head coach. If you're on Andy Reid's staff, 1 through 30, the 30th guy who's bringing in coffee is learning how to be a head coach. Bill Belichick is only teaching his kids how to be head coaches. <laughs> and, yeah. yeah. and Joe exactly. Judge and stuff like that, and Josh McDaniels. He doesn't teach anybody else. And, and what else? He, go fuck yourself. Basically, he literally said that. So one, one of this guy, he's like, "Why don't you teach him to be head coaching stuff?" Like he did Patricia, and Judge, and McDaniels. And Bill Belichick looked at him, according to this guy, and said, "Go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> You're done at the end of your contract." He's doing the opposite of what Marshall Broda did with him. Marshall Broda taught him everything. Right. So he's not following what Marshall right. Broda did to him. He's not uh he's not whatever, uh blessing it forward. Right. Right?
0: Right. Right.
1: So to that end, has he taught anybody how to call call plays like he does in the air raid, going against Illinois, which is a professionally run organization there? What do you think, Scott?
0: This is a really tough game to, to research and to, and to decide on because right. I in my memory, I don't ever remember a coach dying and a team having to go out and play right. um, after that coach has passed. So I, I, think Mississippi, I think Mississippi State is going to be very well prepared for this game. I think they're going to be very on point in this game. I think the fact that they want to do it for Mike Leach, I think those kids have, have – Pump, have jumped up their practice intensity a whole lot more. I, I think that they're going to go into this game laser focused, ready to go. But the one one question is like you just brought up, do these coaches, can these coaches call the right plays in the right situations and get these kids in the in the best shape possible to play this game? So to that end, I really want to take Mississippi State on the emotional factor, but I'm going to take Illinois. On right, in here, in
1: here.
0: I think Illinois is going to squeak out this game. I think it's going to be a close game. I think the game is going to go over. Um, I just think it's going to be a really close game, but I think the Mike Leach calling all the play factors, I think, leads this game to into Illinois' uh, hands. So
1: I like the under 46 because – you like the over
0: 46? Just barely over. Just squeaks over. Like right. a late late touchdown or a backdoor, cover, backdoor touchdown by Mississippi State. But it, it could go either way. It's razor thin or a late field goal or something like that.
1: Right.
0: You know, I'm looking at like 48 as a total. I'm not looking much past 48 as a total. Yeah. Race.
1: Yeah. I, I still see the under 46 here we we'll have Chad break the tie because I think it's going to go under for the simple fact of the Illinois play zone and they play the type of zone that belly treat zone where they want to trick the quarterback into making a mistake. Yeah. So without Leach there, I think they're going to have some great plays go down the field, but then make that, that key interception where they get confused because the area only really has four plays. The way the Mike Leach, uh Cleansbury, uh lincoln riley uh version kitty who's at texas tech we saw him last night yeah. who you know we know people they know people uh who gave you the insight on that offense right yeah uh yeah. and it's only four plays and four routes four different routes for four different receivers so that that fills out your 60 plays in a game uh so the quarterback goes out there and, and every plays an RPO right so the running back has to be ready to go. That's why it's stupid for Josh McDaniels trying to adapt this offense um, because Belichick went down to Lubbock, Texas with McDaniels and paid Mike Leach $50,000 to teach McDaniels the air raid to incorporate that into what the Patriots do. McDaniels trying to go full board on that with the Raiders obviously did not work. He's benching his quarterback. <laughs> his star right receiver. Calling him an asshole. <laughs> so it's, it's not working. It's not working. So,
0: you know what? I'm going to change to the younger. Basically, you mean? I'm going to change to the younger.
1: Yeah, because it's it, then then when, once Illinois gets the, the turnover mm-hmm. deep in Minnesota, Mississippi State Territory, what are you going to do? You're going to yeah. run it all. Yeah. You're going to run it all day, all night, and the clock runs, and it's in the heat in Tampa. So the Tampa Heat is going to be a a factor as far as them saying, hey, we want to save our defense's legs. We're going to play Stone. Then when we get the ball, we're going to run clock because we're all dehydrated here in the second half. Right, right.
0: They're going to keep all these pass plays in front of them instead of let Mississippi State go deep to catch something. They're
1: going to take that away. And really what Mississippi State's quarterback is going to have to do, which is hard without your head coach there, run it every time right? Yeah. If, if there's seven or eight in the box, you're supposed to throw it. Right. So, you go to the line, RPO, seven or eight guys in the box, you throw it. Six in the box, you run it. Yeah. What Belichick does to confuse young quarterbacks is he makes it look like a six, but it's really eight. Really, if Eight, yeah. eight looks like six. That's what right. Belichick does because he's exactly. been a coach for 40 years. Illinois is going to try to do that, and I think they're going to get some interceptions off that, which will keep the game under. And Illinois probably will win win the game because Billama is a good coach. He won three Big Ten titles, and this team wasn't supposed to be as good as it was. He gets a month to prepare, so I like Billama in the situation.
0: He he could actually, to be honest with you, he could be the best uh, coach coming from Bill Belichick, right. To be well, honest, he's the only
1: that's the most success.
0: yes, yes. I know mm-hmm. Bill O'Brien had some success in Houston and stuff like that, but this guy is going to have prolonged, sustained success. I think in the, in uh, Big Ten. So, yeah,
1: no, because I mean, you know people say Alvarez helped him a lot. Uh, Alvarez, who was who was the uh, Wisconsin coach, exactly, and and plays that zone. That yeah. zone defense, they let, those guys love to play. So. Man, that's good analysis. More inform, better information you're gonna get anywhere else. I've been watching Mm -hmm. a couple of things here and there, ESPN, Fox, not even close. Not even some people that say they're no, not even close to what we are uh, providing. All right, all right. So that's going to be January the second. Next game of January the second is LSU against Drew Brees. You have (laughs) Bryant. Kelly right Brian Kelly who took Notre Dame to the playoffs twice without any players goes to a chaotic situation at LSU and gets into the SEC championship game right
0: yeah
1: so uh I like LSU minus the 10. I think Drew Brees is going to figure out a way for Purdue to score uh, I think he should be a, a good coach if you wanted to be. I don't know what he's doing. People hate him as a commentator. I put it on mute, so I guess I've saved myself not listening to anything he has to say because people say he's a horrible commentator. What do you think, Chad, uh, Scott, about this game?
0: So LSU was one step away from getting to the college football playoff, one step away. They were fifth, fifth ranked at one point in the, right. in the playoff system. Purdue's lost a lot to opt-outs. They've lost their quarterback, top wide receiver, top tight end. So they've lost a lot. But 10 points is a lot of points, and I think Drew Brees is going to come up with a game plan that's going to keep Purdue in this game for the haul, for the long term. I think LSU is going to hit him with a quick 14 points in, in the first quarter, but I think Purdue is going to steadily come back, and, and I think they're going to keep it close. There's a reason why Purdue's in this game. They're pretty good. They're pretty good. Right. They're, uh, you know, they're 5-8 they're and eight against the spread. Yes, they're 2-1 and one against the spread in the last three. So right. they're a team that's playing very well now at the right time. And now you add Drew Brees to the mix, who's an NFL 20-year veteran at the right. quarterback position, that backup quarterback who's now subbing in for the top quarterback. Right. He, he needs a Drew Brees to help him. Recognize defenses, and I'm sure I'm sure they've watched tons of tape on LSU and tons of footage. So to that end, okay, right. L, LSU is seven and six against the spread. They're zero and yeah. two in their last two right. against the spread. I'm picking Purdue, nice to cover to cover this game. So and Purdue I'm going
1: to eleven points, maybe say.
0: Yeah, yeah, Purdue plus eleven, and it's going to go over. I think this is going to be one of the high. This is going to be a higher scoring game. So.
1: Yeah, and I think the fact that Tom Brady uh, it 50% of the offense in Tampa Bay is Tom Brady's offense. So yes. when people say that Tom Brady's leaving, wherever he's going to, they're going to have to have that offense in there. And I think yep. uh, Drew Brees drew inspiration from it. He's like, oh, I can come up with an offense. Yep. And he has the time. He's had a month. To talk to these guys to put in some of this offense yeah, and, and in, and I'll give you Drew Brees' offense.
0: And I'll give you another thing: do not think that Sean Payton has not had a couple of phone calls from Drew Brees oh, over, yeah. the, over these last month or so. So I'm sure you're going to see Purdue uh, maximize offensive uh, opportunities because right. of Sean Payton and Drew Brees. I think they both have been helping out the Purdue staff with offenses and schemes and and all this other stuff. So. That's another big factor for Purdue, too, as well. So that's
1: the other big factor for Purdue. Yep. So we'll have Chad break the tie on this, and we'll get it out to, out to you. I might do a little video before on Saturday. Okay. And I don't know if you want to. Oh, Yeah, we can link it into the – yeah, yeah, on Saturday we can do like a 5-10 minute. Yeah, that's uh, fine. Just going over breaking the ties and then going over again the uh, title games. Yep. On Saturday, whatever game, all the days are coming into you. On Saturday, whatever game day that is, where the, the big games are, the playoff games, five to 10 yeah. minutes. It's day, Saturday, Saturday night. Saturday night. We'll do that. So we went through one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15 bowl games. And that's all the bowl games I see other than a national title game which on the 9th, we could do a five ten uh, minute on the title game breaking that game down.
0: Do we want to do the Rose Bowl again? Or are you going to wait on that?
1: Oh, let's do the Rose Bowl. Thank you. Penn, I was Penn, gonna, State,
0: Penn State, Utah?
1: Penn State, Utah. And that's going to be on January the 2nd. Yeah. Uh, again, <laughs> they mess things up, right? So I guess the Rose Bowl I was kind of pissed about because yeah. they're messing with my tradition.
0: Absolutely. I agree.
1: You know, I usually watch the Rose Bowl parade then the College Bowl games and then the Rose Bowl you i want that up they're going to take that out because of the championship game and stuff
0: so here's what i wonder have... does the nfl playing on sunday have a lot to do with this that's that's what i think has a lot to do with it
1: oh
0: 100% yeah uh, uh, without doubt so
1: yeah so they're going to ruin the tradition that at least the parade will still be there The Rose Bowl will have some random game, some playoff game. Uh, Man, Utah, it's not going to be a home game. It's going to be 50-50. It's going to be crazy. Mm -hmm. Uh, Penn State, people travel there. Uh, Penn State has to win this game. They've not won a big game before. Utah lost to Florida to begin the season. Uh, Had a couple bad losses along the way. They only beat USC. That USC game, you got to wonder because that's Willingham, a guy who's coached for 30 years, plotting against you since summer. Mm -hmm. Right? So Mm -hmm. he knew every single thing there was to know about USC. And USC had a horrible defense 23 missed tackles in that game. Penn State's not going to miss 23 tackles. They're going to wrap up. Uh, Franklin learned. From the Sam Darnold loss to USC, they want revenge. This is a big game for him. This is going to be like the Auburn game where they beat Auburn at Auburn. Uh, So I like Penn State to cover. Clifford is a senior quarterback. You can't script things better for Penn State than this. They got a senior quarterback, a successful guy, a guy who can run. He needs to lift his draft status. Like Sam Darnold lifted his draft status. In the Rose Bowl. So that Shaquan Barkley had his draft status in the Rose Bowl. Yep. So 52 is way too little points for this. Uh, give me Penn State minus two. I like this a lot. Penn State minus two over the 52.
0: I am in total agreement with you. This is James Franklin's biggest Game of his coaching career, right. this Rose Bowl. Utah had their bowl game against USC in the Pac-12 Championship.
1: Exactly.
0: I think that Penn State is going to come out focused, sharp, ready to go. You know, in a, in the most prestigious bowl game that there is around, which is the Rose Bowl. Penn State's been there before; it hasn't meant more to Penn State than it does this year. I think so. To that end. They've covered the last six games of the regular season. They've done a phenomenal job. Penn State will not miss tackles. Will not leave the little things for chance. I think Penn. I'm very high on Penn State in this in this situation. I think they'll beat Utah. I think they'll beat them by a touchdown. So I love Penn State. Give me Penn State and give me the over because I think Penn State's going to let it all hang out in this game. They're gonna they're gonna lay all the offensive playbook on the field in the Rose Bowl. January 2nd, and say, We're here to win this game. We're going to do whatever it takes. So, I think you'll see a couple trick plays. I think you'll exactly. see a lot of stuff. So, Penn State, all the way for me.
1: Yes. Penn State over 52. Vegas knows that. That's why they put it at 52, kind of strategic key number. But that's going way over than that. Uh, you can throw whatever happened during the regular season out of that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Clifford, right? So, uh, Wake Forest, Sam Hartman's leaving, but they run every single offense, right? Yep. And to your point, Clifford is going to run every single scheme, every single thing he's done over four years because he knows it. And Penn State's a tough school to get into, high academic standards. You guys, at least, at least we know, maybe he's not football smart, but we know he has memory retention. Mm-hmm. <laughs> to pass these tests and stuff, he has to have a good memory. So he remembers all this offenses You're gonna every series is going to be a different offense. Uh, Utah defense is going to face, right? So give us Rose Bowl. We'll have a good time watching the Rose Bowl, drinking and covering both sides of that. Uh, final words, Scott, man. Thank you so much, man, for helping me sort these things out. My percentage is going to be higher sorting these things out, listening to what you and Chad had to say
0: yeah it's you know it's great to be here we're on a roll in this college football bowl games you know let's keep it going let's try to hit that 70 percent mark i think we can get there you know i I like i like the setup i like a lot of the games a lot of the games again said last night self explanatory um but monetize enjoy it you know have fun with it football's about a game of fun so enjoy yes
1: in our content, on a whole other level we explain to you and give you information, to so actionable information. You can act upon and put money in your pocket and have insight into this game. So you don't have to pay action sports $1,000. We've Just done the research, the relevant we research, the numbers and the strategy that are linked to us putting money in our pockets. So Winston Churchill said, you make a living from your labor, but you make your life what you give thank you for listening to the espc podcast network welcome to the espc podcast where every podcast is a business meeting with a specific purpose and a specific outcome i'm josh i have an mba securities license clients for a decade more than 50 million dollars and above and what that means to you is for example week five, we went 14 into 87 uh, percent. To put that in perspective, 59 percent. You can consistently live in Vegas, some pros average 70 percent. So, 85.5 really is really good for me, it was 11,330 dollars in profit. So, we give you the inside how to make that money betting on NFL games, betting college games, then we get into the NFL, college football, uh, college basketball. We share the information because we have to, right? It's capitalism and freedom is not free if we don't share information as middle-class, upper-middle-class people. uh, Probably this country will be in trouble, uh, I figured out. But we have a lot of fun at the same time. We use business and financial concepts that I use in my other job to predict successfully the outcome of football games. We monetize our time, highest and best use of your time. Uh, Same methods, right, to help folks uh, invest in the right business, invest in the right stock, make sure their money outlasts their retirement. Same process we use to predict the games successfully. Uh, Decision science, returns to the mean, probability theory are all used in this podcast. Statistics. We use it all. We use all the methods to get to the truth, close to the truth. Elon Musk says, you know the truth, you can predict outcomes." We don't have as much money as Elon Musk, the richest man in the world, or the resources. However, what we do have, right, is education experience, and we use all those tools in our toolbox to make, uh, we're up to about $50,000 in NFL this year, but we share, we teach it with you, and another important business concept, if you're the toughest, smartest person in the room, guess what? You are in the wrong room. That's why this one goes
0: $800, and that's right. Work. That's why I work with the Jews and I roll like my butt and I
2: get a limiting sometimes.